My guest today is Meredith Karam, the Chief Revenue Officer of the JS Group. Welcome to the Women in Tech Podcast, a special series of Heads in the Cloud episodes hosted by Michelle Licardi, President and Chief Revenue Officer of Star to Star. Welcome everyone to Heads in the Cloud. I'm Michelle Accardi, President and CRO of Star to Star, a Sangoma company, and I'm leading our ongoing discussion about women in tech. My guest today is Meredith Karam, the Chief Revenue Officer of the JS Group. Prior to joining the JS Group, Meredith was CEO of her own company, I hope I say it right, SISG, uh, and held senior roles at Citricom, Intrado, AT&T, where I first got to know Meredith. So welcome, Meredith. Hey, Michelle. Thank you. Yes, those AT&T days, those were, that was many years ago. Uh, thanks for inviting me, and it's great to be here with you. It's great to have you, and we've got a great topic today. It's how women rise to the C-suite, and I think this should be a good conversation for the both of us. Yes, I think it sounds fun. So let's get right to it. The proportion of women in senior positions has been stuck at, I've heard, 24% globally for over a decade. But recently, we've seen this drive of women leaving the workforce. So how do we change these trends? How do we keep more women in the uh, the workforce? And how do we get them to our level? That's a really, really big question. And so in preparation for our conversation, I just decided hmm, what does Google say out there? If I go out, you know, and Google, like, how do women rise to the C-suite? And so it was interesting uh, because when I typed that in, um, it was all about, like, my output was all about education. And then I thought, okay, let me go type in, how do men rise to the C-suite? And there was nothing, like, specific targeted for men. And so, um, you know, I got my feathers ruffled a little bit. Um, and I would tell you that like to change those trends, um, even from even like a search perspective, much less like getting women into the C-suite, it's really about, uh, from my viewpoint, leadership skills. And it's weird to me because when you look at like communications and you look at leadership, it's considered a soft skill. Um, but yet engagement isn't something really that you can teach. And so I think that, um, you know, it's really more about the trend has to be about getting women more engaged with the right group of women um, and, and start pursuing things that like we normally wouldn't pursue, like starting a business, getting an education as an example, but really finding other income streams. And so, like, you see example, um, you know, like, childcare costs and how expensive that's gotten. Oh, you don't um, have to tell me about that. So, I, I know all about it. <laughs> I know, because I see you on Facebook posting all your pictures. You know, I know nothing about it. But when I look at you, I'm always like, you know how expensive that is. And so, I think that um, women want to make more money. They want to have more income coming in and, and that the trend will change if we're intentional about talking more about the leadership requirements to be in a role like that. Oh, absolutely. It definitely is about those leadership skills, but even more than that, and I think it starts at an education level, even much younger, right? I never knew when I first, I mean, I was very lucky. 
to find my way into a tech organization when I was 20 years old, uh, where my natural curiosity and my natural leadership skills had me, um, you know, asking a lot of questions and wanting to learn and learning product and, and learning sales and marketing. Um, but I never even knew that that was an option for me as a young woman. Uh, and that may have been the time, obviously now everything is tech. Um, but, you know, when I was coming up, you know, my father was worked in a radiology office and then went into a real estate business. And my mother worked at the tax collector's office. I, I didn't know, um, you know, that there was uh, this opportunity and what was driving the business world. And, you know, had other women, um, role models been there for me, I think that might have been a, a sort of first step in getting women like me to have interest in this, in, in, in these technology and in the, in, in being a leader in a business. The other thing that no one ever talked to me about as a young person, although I was always pretty entrepreneurial, was about entrepreneurship. And I, there's, there's nothing more, uh, <laughs> no better to be, get into the C-suite than to actually do it for yourself. I have so many partners uh, today that have started their businesses. Uh, and I love when I see women who are out there starting uh, their own uh, managed service provider uh, and, and uh, technology partnership businesses. So there's no better way to get there uh, than to create your own opportunity. Um, but again, I, I didn't see those role models when I was a kid doing that. Uh, so I think just us being out there and talking about this and uh, you know, maybe even doing that from a from a younger age. And then in terms of keeping people in these uh, roles, it's about flexibility. Uh, you know, no one knows better than me how flexible uh, <laughs> you have to be uh, if you're going to be a working parent. Uh, you know, I'm so lucky, you know, I have six kids from two and a half year old twins up to 24 years old. Um, and so I have the gamut of a kid that's in uh, a, a young woman who's pursuing her, her dreams and, and is in pharmacy school and the expense of that to toddlers that right now have a full-time nanny and are about to go into, uh, into preschool uh, and then teenagers in the middle uh, who are going to school online. And gosh, you just never know what's going to come up, even with all the resources and financial resources that I have, having made it to the C-suite, it can be daunting. Uh, to manage everything that needs to get done in a day. Uh, and, you know, I think businesses that make it flexible, who have communication, collaborations, uh, capabilities, much like what Start a Star offers, uh, certainly enable that flexible workforce uh, and capability. Uh, but you know, to me, it's all about how do you make your workforce adaptable to meet the needs of working parents, whether they're women or men. And, and then, you know, how do you go out and find that raw, youthful talent uh, and really expand upon it and show them that there are other people who've come before them uh, and show them the way? I don't know if that's your experience, yeah. but that's been mine. <laughs> Well, no, you're right. And, you know, when you mentioned Star to Star, like one of the things I've noticed recently is how y'all have been intentional about taking this like modern, um, a more modernized approach with like your human resource managers. And it seems like you're like that they're excited um, to have diverse teams uh, because they like having different perspectives. And, and it seems like that 
all across the culture at Star to Star that like you all recognize that those different perspectives contribute to you being successful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and look, we've been, we've been intentional about that. I, quite frankly, I mean, we, we like to drive diversity into our culture, um, but there's still not enough. Um, and I think that there's always more that we can be doing, but uh, you know, we are, we, we do that intentionally. Um, so how do you know the culture of a company until you're in it? If, if, you know, if you were going to give advice to people, again, looking for a workforce to come into and, uh, and is there enough opportunity out there to be picky? Uh, you know, you see different jobs reports and such. So what are your thoughts? Oh, it's funny. Um, you know, so you mentioned at the beginning of our chat, you know, some of the different stops I've had throughout my journey. I look around to see um, in, a, in a work environment, like how do they decorate? Do they have success posters up? You know, are they sharing like pictures of events they've held? Uh, and I've even like attended meetings. Um, I've asked to attend and I've attended to see like what questions get asked by employees in the room and how many non um, leaders or supervisors, if you will, those that have a direct report, like how many of those folks actually ask questions. Um, and so I try to immerse myself in the culture as much as I can. Um, and even like I look on their website because I like um, companies that post pictures of like real people um, versus like stock photos. Um, but I do have to tell you, like the one thing that's taboo for me is anytime if I'm with like an employer and they talk about how work is like family, I'm completely out, like 100% out because, you know, like you're kind of stuck with your family. And like with family, you know, it's kind of like you accept mediocrity and I just do not accept that in my workplace. And so it's like, could you ever imagine like firing your grandma? Like probably not, you know? And so I'm okay if people, if employers say, hey, you know, it's more like a work family. But if they say it's just like a family, then I am completely out. Yeah, no, I I, I understand that. Although I, I will say I probably uh, I'm probably guilty of saying uh, you know work family for sure. Um, you know, in yeah. terms of trying to communicate um, closeness and and that you know again uh, life happens and you have to have, have adaptability. Um, but I I certainly don't accept mediocrity in my business. Um, and so that's Girl, an interesting perspective. <laughs> no, there's no, uh, I, um, you know, I have a sign on my door that says, don't confuse efforts with results. <laughs> I'm not sure everyone appreciates it, but that's what the sign on my door says. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, you are a master networker. Meredith, I have never met a woman who is more well-networked than you are. Um, and, you know, again, I feel like I can still learn from you, but you know, what if you're just getting started and you don't have a network yet? You know, how do you go out and find these opportunities? How do you build, uh, you know, that that diverse board to help you? It's an interesting question, and I and look, thank you for the compliments. But I mean, you're pretty social, and um, 
I've seen you at events where you're also like very deliberate with your calendar, making sure like that you maximize the most out of, you know, whenever you are somewhere, like people get your undivided attention. So kudos to you too, because you were always present. Um, but, you know, from my perspective with networking, I kind of view it like a um, crayon box, you know, so, you know, if you go to like the supermarket or Walgreens, and that you get those box of crayons and that it has all those different colors in it. And then I look at my calendar the same way and I sit there and I think, okay, do I have on my calendar a bunch of reds or a bunch of greens or do I have some orange? Do I have some blues? Do I have some purple? And so I think about like, what could I learn from people? Um, and I think that like networking and like, even as you get into like mentoring relationships, I think that they need to be formalized. And, um, I think that like, you have to make sure, um, that you are intentional and, and even with like the wording that you use in conversations, like sometimes I've had people say, Hey, I want to pick your brain. Well, that doesn't sound very fun. Like, I don't want someone to pick my brain. I'd rather, you know, for someone to say, Hey, I'd like to get to know you more, you know, or, or, or establish like what the expectations are. And so networking I think sometimes can be too casual if your expectation is for something more than that. And if it is, then I think you need to get formal with it. That's a really, really good advice. Uh, you know, but I love that idea. You just need to need to go out and meet different kinds of people. So just like you need diversity in the workforce, you need diversity in your network because um, you never know where that next good opportunity could come from, whether that's a job or whether that's, uh, you know, a, a, a deal, a sales opportunity, um, you know, you never know. Um, and if you have a diverse set of contacts, um, you can come into some things that you, you again, would never have expected. You know, I, I, I like to say, you know, it was kismet. My, I was when I was 20 years old and moved home from New York with not sure what I was going to do. And my parents told me to go get a job. And I found a technology company that I brought my resume to. And I was lucky the CFO of that company was a sitting at the front desk that day and looked at my resume and thought it was funny because I had a funny cover letter uh, that said you'd be missing out on a million dollar opportunity if, if they didn't take a chance on me, you know, a 20 year old graduate. <laughs> but, you know, again, I took that chance and I got to know a, a person and I was willing to say, hey, look, I don't. I maybe don't know anything at this point, but I'm willing to learn. I'll do anything you need me to do. Um, and, you know, and, and I continued to learn when I went into that organization. And still today, I have a natural curiosity. I know that that's what's really has helped me as a networker. You know, so when I think about, you know, another area is like, how do you find mentors? For me, it happened really um, naturally, right? I worked with really great people over the years. And as I worked with them, I got to see those that I felt like, gosh, I really love to emulate. And I would simply, you know, ask to help them. Um, and that was always my strategy for how I found mentors was to, again, look around me and see who people were that I admired um, and, you know, then offered help. Um, now, of course, there's all these social platforms, LinkedIn, Glassdoor, Facebook. Um, so I imagine that that's also a good possible place to, you know, again, be looking for, you know, people that you admire and then potentially offering, 
to help and 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 it is a good first step potentially to finding uh, a mentor. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on, on that. Again, the whole social world is so different than uh, the in-person place of networking. <laughs> but oh, no, I think you're right. Critical. I, I think you're absolutely right. Like the level of effort that you have to put in nowadays, like it's so much easier, you know, to network today. And even, you know, all of the uh, groups that are out there, just like women in tech, um, you know, where you could meet women across all disciplines, like all levels, you know, all roles, and really build, you know, your base of, of, of um, professional contacts and really make them into that network. And not just like from your company, but outside of your company. Um, it's just so much easier. Uh, I, I have to tell you a short story by my oldest daughter is 24. And, you know, she was recently looking for a role and she reached and I told her, go reach out to this tech world's half on Facebook. I'm a member of reach out, you know, send your resume around. And so many people reached out to her uh, and I was so, you know, uh, to who wanted to help. And, and I just thought that that was awesome. And, um, you know, so it does seem like it's easier, but you do have to, you know, you got to put yourself out there. And I think it's the same as when you're in person. Um, but sometimes it can feel daunting when you're putting it in writing. But, uh, you know, I've seen it work firsthand. So I think it's good. So I guess I, ca I can't stress enough. It's something you must work at if you want to rise up. You, you've got to be able to, you know, put yourself out there. And you can't assume it'll just happen at necessarily one co company or, you know, in, in, uh, in order to rise to the top. You know, you may... Uh, you may stay at one company your whole career, but the, you know, as you can tell, you know, Meredith and I, I think I've been at three companies over my career. You've been at a few more, uh, Meredith, uh, but, you know, each was a stepping stone uh, and a learning experience. Uh, so, uh, you, again, I, I, I'm assuming your experience is the same, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. You have me thinking, you know, um, and so, yeah, so I've been with, what, four companies. And I think one of the things I've learned now that we're having this conversation is that I um, surrounded myself with women who have, like, solved this problem. And so instead of, like, asking them, you know, like, what would you do? I really just like immersed myself around them. So you, when you were talking about like, you know, I'm reaching out to women like that you admire or like women that inspire you. Like, I think to your point, I think you have to go a step further and like whenever you're around them or you create scenarios or situations to be around them, like to be all in, like you can't just be half in or be like, oh, well, I'll see her at that event. Like you've got to go all in because that's what you've done even by joining all the boards and all the other community organizations that you're a member of. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and for me, you know, whether it was women leaders or, or, or male leaders, cause I, I've had mentors, uh, you know, uh, in, in both sexes who've helped me over the years, but you know, that really was it for me is like, I just, and in some cases, I don't know, I may have been annoying to them in my younger years because uh, I would just rush in and, say, you know, look, let me help you with that. Let me, let me take on this, this challenge for you. Um, and I really did immerse myself and, and it was created real friendships. Um, because look, a mentoring relationship to me, 
um, is not all business. Uh, you know, the, uh-huh. we, we have to realize that we're human beings um, and, you know, you can't shut off one side of yourself. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, one of the things that has made me a good leader over the years is that I'm pretty authentic to who I am, whether I know you personally or I know you professionally. And chances are, if I know you uh, professionally, you've become my personal friend over the years. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't hold you to very high expectations, but it's also the group that can hold the mirror to me and tell me most effectively, hey, you're doing a good job. Or you know what, Michelle, you better you better tighten up here. Um, uh, and that's what good mentors do. Um, so if you surround yourself with really, really great people um, that you like and respect, um, not only do you get mentors, but you get friends out. <laughs> that's which is how I feel about you. <laughs> totally. I was going to say, I know that if I'm slacking and if I call and ask you, you know, you're going to be straight up, um, which is what I need and what I like. And it kind of goes back to, you know, my crayon box, like you're a certain color in that box for me. Um, and I need that color in my life. Yeah, absolutely. So for you, Meredith, like, again, you've been in some incredibly um, high level roles in, in, in big and small companies. Um, but, you know, obviously you've sought out these challenging opportunities. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, in, at, at times you've had, to, you've made the decision to move on. Um, but when, when that was happening, did you, did you outwardly go and seek these new opportunities uh, you weren't. You certainly weren't waiting for them to find you, right? I mean, what? How did you make some of these opportunities come along for yourself? Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I didn't. I wasn't just sitting there, and I also wasn't out looking. And so I, um, one, have just been truly blessed, but also I've worked really hard. And so I think that um, women need to uh, negotiate better. And like notoriously, we don't. And whenever we don't, we devalue ourselves. And so, you know, men and women, like it's it's different on um, how we go about like seeking a new opportunity because men just kind of walk in and like expect it. And whereas like us as females, like we kind of go in it as like we're asking or um, we're requesting it, you know? And I don't really fall into those stats. And so like at birth, I've just kind of always been wired for risk. And so it hasn't been that with my career changes, I was ever looking for something. It was truly that I was just having conversations at the right time. And it was an opportunity to where I had already reached certain milestones. And I wanted to continue to be challenged and and take like another turn, you know, down my career journey path. That's great. And probably a leading question, but obviously you've gotten to work for, I think, one of your mentors now. (laughs) Um, And how has that changed you? How has having your own mentors helped you with your throughout your career? It, you know, I'm, I'm, and I want you to share some stories too, because I've had um, mentors that, I have gone out and like thought like ones I wanted. I had ones that just kind of like fell into my lap where there wasn't a plan. And then I've also been a part of like women's leadership programs where some were assigned to me. 
And I have had like good and not so good experiences across the board, but all in all, you know, what I've gotten with or what I've accomplished, I guess, with mentor relationships is um, a level of a deeper level of understanding around like human behaviors. And, um, you know, like one example, one person shared with me that I took as a takeaway was that regardless of what you say, it's how people hear it. And so those can be two completely different things. And whenever you're in a certain leadership role, whether you want it or not, you are highly visible. And so people see you going to the bathroom, people see you walking in from your car, people see you in the elevator, you know, picking up something off the fax machine or whatever it is, right? You are always in the spotlight. And so throughout my career, like as I've grown, I've had different challenges where like those different types of mentors I would go to to address specific concerns. Like how do you handle pressure? And sometimes when like you just don't feel like giving it your all today, like, you know, is that okay? Or should you feel guilty? And so like, that's kind of what I've experienced. And then I've had some where it's not been a good match because like, we just did not have anything in common. Like I couldn't relate. What have some of your experiences been? You know, it mirrors a lot of what your experiences are. You know, look, I've had managers who've been mentors um, and, you know, not always have those been great relationships because it's tough because you know that someone has a motive <laughs> that isn't always just exactly. your best interest, but maybe their own. Um, my best mentoring relationships um, have come organically, um, meaning that, again, finding those people that I really admire. So I had a unique uh, situation when I was I like to say when I was growing up at CA Technologies, um, uh, I had a situation where I had two sales leader women who were put into marketing roles, one in a field marketing role and one in a product marketing role. And I was a shared service uh, doing all the execution of content and events and brand and all of those different pieces uh, that that serviced all of these groups. And um you know, both of these very, very strong sales leader women, we, we joined this like incredible bond. They were more senior than me uh, in terms of their experience uh, from a selling uh, perspective. And I was more senior when it came to marketing experience. And we forged this really unique, awesome alliance. <laughs> and, you know, to this day, when I have questions, concerns, one is a, a CEO. Uh, at a large technology company. Another is a CMO at another technology company. And they've become like a board of directors for me on a personal level. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that has been awesome. You know, they text me from time to time, hey, Michelle, what would you do in this situation from a marketing perspective? I text them, hey, I'm, you know, I'm I'm working on an opportunity. Uh, You know, here are my challenges. What would you, you know, how would you help help me uh, work through this? And that has been awesome. Uh, and again, that happened organically. We were three women put into you know situations that might not have been comfortable for us. Um, and you know, maybe it was out of uh, of out of need, out of necessity. It happened. Um, but you know, I'm I'm going on probably 15, 20 years of calling on these ladies now. Um, uh, and 
you know, that, that has been my best mentor experience. Um, you know, also I've had some great male mentors. I mean, uh, you know, both Norm Worthington, uh, the chairman of the board uh, for Sangoma, who was the CEO of Star to Star, has served as a, as a pretty great mentor in terms of getting me to think differently, um, not think like everyone else. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you hear out there in the marketplace that I like to call like tagline marketing um, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and go to market. But you really got to dig way deep, much deeper to really understand, uh, you know, the dynamics of how and why people buy and how you motivate uh, a team, uh, not just salespeople, but developers and and others. And he, and he taught me a tremendous amount. And again, is by working very, very closely with him. Um, I can tell you, George Fisher was that way for me at, um, at when I was at CA. Um, also, you know, just taught me all facets of the business by working alongside him. And, and so I don't know that we called these things mentor relationships, but they clearly were. Um, and that had just huge, huge impact for me. And, and help me get yeah, to you know, C-suite. <laughs> yeah, you know, and even like sometimes, like, um, so it was funny, like, like, uh, last week, I reached out to a mentor of mine who I have not talked to in over a year. And I was sitting there going, oh, should I text her? Like, no. But then I'm like, yeah, I miss her. You know, like I miss like having her in my life. And I let a year go by and I'm not going to let it go by anymore. And so I randomly just reached out and said, Hey, I was just thinking about you. I'd love to get together for some Froyo. And like, we're getting together next month. She wasn't like, where have you been? You've let me down. You know, she was like, Oh, I've missed you too. Let's get together. And like, we pick right back up. Yeah. Well, and that's, but that's when you built a real relationship, right? I mean, this isn't, you know, again, mentorships, if you want them to work, are best when they're authentic. Like most everything else in my life, the more authentic it is, the more um, the more useful it is. So, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Anything else you want to share with the audience today, Meredith? Before we we let them go, I just offer up that you know, if anybody wants to chat, you know, to reach out. And Michelle, I want you and I to continue spending time together. We got to be intentional about that, even outside of like a podcast. So, so true, Meredith. I did call you when you were in Mexico, though. Don't, don't. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd had some tequila by then. So I was kind of like going, oh, I maybe could wait. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm so glad we caught up today. So thanks again for joining us. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, what's the best, best way to get in touch? Uh, probably like through LinkedIn. Um, or, uh, you know, through, um, you actually, let's have everybody go to you. How about yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. then we can all come together. And, and yeah. people can reach me at Emma Cardi at start to star, uh, com. That's M A C C A R D I at star to star.com. Well, that's it for this episode. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and share with your friends, your mentors, your <laughs> coworkers. Thanks for listening. And thanks again, Meredith, for the great discussion. Thank you so much.